Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Why do you think this journey is one that everybody listening today needs to take? Well, obviously, Brian, the most important trip any follower of Jesus needs to take is that daily a journey into the Bible, the personal time we spend in God's Word. The Holy Spirit uses this time as the primary way that God speaks to us and leads us in our walk with Him. My goal with the ultimate road trip through the Bible was to give the reader a way to experience God's Word as one story with one main character, Jesus, who is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, well, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. And this two-volume set is something we're hoping every one of our listeners will have in their library. That's why we're making The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, available as a thank you to everyone who makes a generous year-end gift of $50 or more to Something Good Radio. And right now, there has never been a better time to give. Thanks to the generosity of some ministry friends who have provided a matching grant, the impact of your gift is doubled right now, up to $17,000. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, the pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Now, however you're listening to us today, thanks for spending part of your busy Christmas week here with us. Well, God has given us four wonderful gifts through His Son, Jesus Christ. The first is His love. And in our last message, Ron gave us some great insight into that special gift. 
Today he moves on to gift number two, the joy that only comes to those who believe in Jesus. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now, here's Ron with his Something Good Radio message, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. And I would like for us to pick up the Christmas story in Luke 2, and I'm reading beginning in verse 8 through verse 14. You follow along as I read. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, let's read it together, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Father, we ask Your blessing on our study of Your Word this morning. Give each of us ears to hear. We want to be doers of the Word and not just hearers of it. So, Father, fill us with Your joy this morning, Your Christmas joy, and help us to leave this place more filled with joy and with expressions of exuberant joy uh, welling up like a wellspring in our hearts, even more so than when we walked in this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Well, Christmas is that time of the year when we love to sing. And we love to sing very intentionally. We love to sing uh, exuberantly and joyously. It's also that time of the year where I love to sing the, the traditional Christmas hymns, you know, like Away in the Manger and uh, Silent Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And my personal favorite, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Now, when I shared that with the early service, our classic service that is mostly grandmas, well, they laughed too. They laughed too. They, they had good fun with that. Uh, but there's another one we also like to sing this time of the year, and it's the one we just sang, Joy to the World. Catherine and the kids and I were back in D.C. a couple weeks ago, and we, we did what has be, become kind of a Jones family tradition. We've been in the D.C. area for about a decade, and uh, we learned early on there are a lot of wonderful free things to do in the nation's capital. And one of those things to do is to attend one of the uh, military Christmas programs uh, down in the district at Dar Constitution Hall, the Daughters of American Revolution Hall, right across from the White House. Uh, it's the largest performing arts theater in the, in the nation's capital. It seats about 4,000 people. And the Army does their program. The Navy does theirs. The Air Force. Again, the best thing about it is it's free of charge. You know, you just get on there a little bit early in October, get your tickets. And so we attended the uh, American Holiday Festival put on by the United States Army Band Pershing's Own. And you would have been very, very proud of um, your army band. I mean, they just they put on an incredible, spectacular holiday program. Uh, the amount of uh, military brass that was on the platform and in the auditorium that night was very impressive. But what impressed me most was the stirring rendition 
And I'm telling you, the stirring rendition of joy to the world that began the holiday festival. Because in years past, political correctness won the day, and you didn't have much joy to the world. The Lord has come. But something changed this year, and there was a lot of Jesus, there was a lot of Merry Christmas, and there was a lot of joy to the world. The Lord has come. It was a wonderful, wonderful celebration. I encourage you, if you have the opportunity next year, to uh, just drive up the road here and enjoy one of those uh, military holiday celebrations. Did you know that joy to the world by the um, early 20th century became the most published Christian hymn in North America? You probably didn't know that. What you also probably didn't know is that joy to the world was not originally a Christmas hymn. (laughs) It was penned by a guy named Isaac Watts back in 1719, and he was inspired not by the Christmas story, but by the latter half of Psalm chapter 98. So let's put our finger in the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, and let's turn to Psalm chapter 98 just for a moment and find out why Isaac Watts, who penned the words, joy to the world, was inspired to write them. Psalm chapter 90, beginning in verse 4, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. Before he comes to judge the earth, he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Uh, Psalm chapter 98 uh, pictures the triumphant return of Jesus Christ at the end of the age, which means joy to the world was really about the second advent of Jesus, not the first. I don't mean to spoil the Christmas hymn for you. We, we can still sing it in remembrance of the birth of Jesus Christ, but the joy to the world that Isaac Watts wrote about was all about the second advent of Jesus, his second coming, which is yet to happen in Bible prophecy. We celebrate this time of the year his first advent. But the psalmist pictured the day when the king of kings and the judge of all the earth would return and the nations would clap their hands and all of nature would would join in and rejoice at the coming of the Lord. Oh, we got a little taste of it, a little glimpse of it 2,000 years ago on a hillside when the angels came and spoke to the shepherds. Uh, But the joy to the world that Isaac Watts wrote about was the, the joy in anticipation of the second coming of Jesus Christ when He would set up His rule and His, His reign on this earth. Uh, last week, we talked about um, the, the gifts of Christmas. And we talked about the fact that uh, uh, Christmas is God's love wrapped in human flesh. Well, this week we want to talk about how Christmas is God's joy wrapped in human flesh because the angels came to those shepherds and said, fear not, for behold, I, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What is joy? How would you define it? Uh, Somebody once used joy as an acronym and tried to come up with a definition that went something like this, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and you. And that's not a bad place to start because we all know that there's no joy in selfish living. 
Ebenezer Scrooge reminds us of that. And it would be good for the selfie generation that is rather self-absorbed to to beware lest uh, they run the risk of losing their Christmas joy with all the self-absorption that is part of the selfie generation. They're well on their way to becoming Ebenezer Scrooges if, if it's all about them, if it's all about us. But joy, uh, uh, joy is, is, is certainly uh, putting Jesus and others first and, and ahead of ourselves. C.S. Lewis wrote an autobiography called Surprised by Joy, and it detailed uh, his journey from atheism to theism and eventually to a, a joyous and very robust faith in Jesus Christ. And in his uh, autobiography, Surprised by Joy, Lewis said, joy, I love this, joy is the serious business of heaven. I, I love the, the, the exchange of, of two words there, two, two ideas, joy and serious. It's the serious business of heaven. And certainly Lewis had in mind his own joyful experience when he came to faith in Jesus Christ. But I wonder if he also had in mind one of the stories that Jesus told when he was on this earth, and he told a parable about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. And one of those sheep wandered away, as sheep are prone to do. And he left the 99 sheep, remember that story, and the shepherd went after the one sheep. And when he found his one sheep and brought that one sheep back, he he sent word out to all of his family and friends, and he says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then Jesus punctuates that story, and he tells us the real reason for it. He says in Luke chapter 15 and verse 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven, listen to this, over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Yeah, joy, I mean real unspeakable joy that wells up in your spirit like a wellspring, That's the serious, serious business of heaven. And no wonder the angels came on that hillside 2,000 years ago and said to the shepherds, to the shepherds, we have great news of of great joy for all the people because they knew that this baby that was born in Bethlehem would lead to the repentance of not just one, but many people. And it was party time in heaven. You do know that heaven throws a party a joy-filled party every time one sinner repents and comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the joy of Christmas, friends. That's what gave the angels such exuberant joy in their spirit and joy that they sang about and communicated to these shepherds. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, stop by somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to access the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good digital library. You'll find it at somethinggoodradio.org. Ron calls them joy stealers, things that rob us of the joy God longs to give us. And sometimes we're the ones who open the door and let the thief walk right in. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Joy to the World. C.S. Lewis uh, also talked about stabs of joy that he experienced, Uh, just occasions where joy would well up in his heart but sometimes it would quickly fade away. 
Uh, I would define that more as happiness than joy. Jo- joy is something that God sustains in our hearts, and it's regardless of the circumstance. Happiness has to do with what's happening, and what's happening might be uh, uh, the joy of a, of a birth in your family. Uh, maybe it's Christmas time and somebody in your family is, is due and you're going to have a new bouncing baby boy or girl. Uh, that's, that's a joy-filled experience. Uh, weddings are also joyful times. But we experience stabs of joy or splashes of joy or, or, or periodic times of joy, not the sustained joy that God really wants for us to have in our life at Christmas time and at every other time of the year. Because sometimes... Pain and sorrow and difficulty precede times of exuberant joy. Every mother understands this. There's no greater joy than for a mother to hold her newborn baby. But prior to that are hours and hours of painful, painful labor. And perhaps this is what the psalmist had in mind or what every expecting mother uh, knows very well. Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy joy comes in the morning. You may be going through a time right now that is a dark time and a difficult time and a time of weeping and sorrow and pain, but just know that joy is is right around the corner, a splash of joy, a stab of joy, something unexpected, something sudden, just like the angels uh, brought to the shepherds that night. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 also has this, uh, this idea in mind. It says of Jesus, who for the joy set before Him He endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he was then seated at the right hand of the Father. Sometimes to experience the joy that God really wants us to experience, uh, we have to engage in a little delayed gratification. We go through a dark time, a difficult time, a painful time, a sorrowful time. Jesus went through that. His road to the cross was not easy. From the day that he was born, Herod was trying to kill all the boys under two years of age. He escaped that lived a life where people rejected him and spit upon him and eventually nailed him to a cross, who for the joy set before him, he looked beyond the pain, he looked beyond the sorrow, he looked beyond the dark nights, he looked beyond Gethsemane and even the cross because he knew that unspeakable joy was right around the corner. I love that what the writer of Hebrews says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and he despised the shame. You know, the word joy and joyful appears 238 times in the Bible. A variation of it, the word rejoice, appears another 260 times. That's a total of about 500 splashes or stabs of joy uh, that appear in the Scriptures. Years ago, a pastor named Charles Swindoll wrote a book called Laugh Again. And if you know anything about Swindoll, he has an infectious laughter. And uh, he often receives uh, notes from his church family and from his radio audience that says, don't don't stop laughing in the pulpit. And uh, so he wrote this book called Laugh Again, and it was based on the New Testament book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Short book. You can probably sit down and read it in about 10 or 15 minutes, only four short chapters. But scholars refer to the book of Philippians as that epistle of joy because the word rejoice, which appears 260 times throughout the Bible, appears 16 times in the book of Philippians. What you may not know about the book of Philippians is it's among what scholars call the prison epistles. Paul wrote it from prison. (laughs) Isn't that ironic that his most joy-filled letter where he just says, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. He wrote it from some dark, difficult circumstances. All wasn't well in Paul's life. He was under house arrest, 
But it's from that experience that he writes uh, the book of Philippians, this epistle of joy. And in that book that Swindoll writes called Laugh Again, he identifies three joy stealers. And what I've discovered is that these joy stealers uh, appear at Christmas time, perhaps more than any other time of the year. They, they heighten themselves, threatening to steal our joy. Those joy stealers are worry and stress and fear. I love the way Swindoll identifies or, or, or defines uh, these three joy stealers. He says that worry is inordinate anxiety about something that may or may not occur. Stress is intense strain over a situation we cannot change or control, and, and fear is dreadful uneasiness over danger, evil, or pain. I noticed a common thread in these joy stealers. Uh, they're talking about things that, we, that may or may not occur or the things that we cannot change. <laughs> and yet these are the things, the worry, the things that we worry about, the things we stress over, the things that we fear, the things that we cannot change, things that may or may not ever happen, these are the things that we allow to steal our joy, our Christmas joy, at Christmas and at many other times of the year. I could add another one to Swindoll's list of joy stealers, and that's selfishness. Selfishness. Again, the selfie generation needs to understand uh, that a self-absorbed life is no pathway to joy. It will steal your joy. That's why Jesus, others, then you, is the right priority in our understanding of joy and what joy looks like in real life. So let me just talk to you about three things related to this, uh, this gift of Christmas joy. Three things that we can say about it. Number one, Christmas joy is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Thanks so much for being here for Dr. Ron Jones' message, Joy to the World. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 8.28, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. 
That's somethinggoodradio.org or call 757-276-1099. Yeah, because the reality is we live in a broken world. But what Christmas joy promises is something that transcends all of that. But you got to understand, it doesn't happen naturally for us. It's not natural for us to live in a broken world, to experience pain and suffering and difficulty and all of that, and to experience joy. It only comes when you're in relationship with Jesus Christ and when you are in step and in stride with the Holy Spirit who lives His life through us and produces a fruit in us. What I'm trying to say to you is you can't pull up your bootstraps and expect to have Christmas joy. You can get in step and in stride with the Holy Spirit and let Him live that supernatural life through you and take your happiness to a level that maybe you've never experienced before. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron shares part two of his message, Joy to the World. Join us then for Something Good for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.